Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your provision for us today that uh, even through stormy times, you do not leave us. Bless each one that is listening. In Jesus' name, help us to glean truth from these scriptures. Amen. So Jesus had sent the multitudes away, and uh, then he had gone to a place alone to pray. Now, if you read this account, this account is also given in Mark chapter 6 and verse 48. And there's a, there's a particular line in there I want to draw to your attention. It says, And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And notice this. He is up in the mountain praying. They are in the ship in the midst of the storm. And he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. You know, a storm is like adversity. We have physical storms. We have spiritual storms. Some are public storms. Some are private storms. But I want you to remember that regardless of the storm, remember, you are not alone. Here is Jesus up in the mountain to pray. But it says he saw them out on the sea in the midst of this storm. He saw them toiling. He saw probably the fear that they had in their hearts. And these were all seasoned fishermen. These were all people that were acquainted with the sea and the sudden storms that would come up. But Jesus saw them out in the storm. And I want to encourage you. Jesus sees you when you are going through the midst of the storm. In Hebrews 7.25, it says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You see, Jesus makes intercession for us. He prays for us. He sees us in the situations, in the storms, in the trials, in the difficulties, in those trying times when we may feel all alone. And I'm sure that those disciples felt very isolated in that boat. But you see, Jesus had prayed for them. Jesus prays for us. He makes intercession. Luke 22, in 31 and 32, uh, Jesus is talking to Simon Peter. And he said, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. Jesus cares about us. And I know that there is uh, probably each one that's listening to me. You can think of uh, times that you are facing storms in your life. 
And maybe you're facing a storm right now. But Jesus cares for you. He sees you right where you are. And he is praying for you. He is covering you. He is watching over you. So remember, you are never alone. God has purposes in life storms. Sometimes that's hard to understand that God can have a purpose in a storm. When I think of Jonah and the storm that he faced, he was, God had asked him to go to Nineveh and to give a message to that city. Jonah decided to go the other way. He got a ship to Tarshish, and God sent a storm and a whale. And the storm uh, that came to Jonah and uh, the tossing of him overboard and the whale to swallow him, you know, this probably could have seemed like the end of his life to him. But God brought him through that. God saw him there. In fact, he had him there. And when Jonah prayed and said, yes, I will go, the fish threw him out on the land. And Jonah decided to head back to Nineveh in the other direction where he was to deliver a message, a message of redemption to uh, the city of Nineveh where they where they uh, called on God, they fasted, they repented, and they turned to the Lord. So God had a purpose in Jonah's storm. What about Joseph? He faced a storm in his life, and uh, he had older brothers that uh, because of uh, Joseph's, uh, the way that he would, He had seen visions or dreams. He had seen dreams, had dreams. And uh, he told his brothers about them. And already they felt that he was their father's favorite. And this just seemed to put oil on the fire. And they came up with a plan that they were going to kill him. And then they decided to sell him as a slave to Egypt. And as he is taken into Egypt as a slave, and he becomes a slave to Potiphar, and uh, then he is cast into prison. You know that it's uh, uh, about, uh, let's see, 23 years, 23, 13 years, until he is delivered from prison. If he was about 17 when he was taken as a slave, uh, he was for 13 years. He was uh, in, a, in a place of, that he did not, had never desired and probably could not understand. Even when he had, uh, he had told the butler and the baker their dreams and said, don't forget me when you, when you are freed, don't forget me. And, of course, they forgot. The butler forgot. The baker lost his life. 
And uh, Joseph was left in prison. But somehow God sustained him. Somehow he never lost that desire in his heart to serve God and to live uprightly, to walk in integrity. And God blessed him in the places that he served. But it truly was a storm in his life, and he had no idea when it was going to end. But the day came when they called him up to Pharaoh, and uh, he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And Pharaoh placed him in a place of honor, second in, in the kingdom to himself. And uh, we see that there was a purpose in Joseph's storm. It was to preserve life and even the lives of his brothers, his family. And they came down to Egypt. But uh, God may have, it may have seemed like a long time that the purpose really came to light. But God does have purposes for the the trials that we face in our life. And we can equate a trial with a storm. That God does bring out his purposes. We have Paul the Apostle who had a storm in his life. In fact, he had something he referred to as a thorn in the flesh. And no matter how he prayed and sought God about it, He was left with this thorn in the flesh. And the reason for it, the purpose for it, was God had said that he'd had tremendous visions and so that he wouldn't become proud about what he had experienced, his experiences with God. He was given a thorn in the flesh. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. So in these examples... And there's more. There's a couple more I want to draw to your attention. There was a purpose that God was allowing, God was bringing into people's lives that their lives would be impacted and that God's purposes would be brought forth. We have this storm that we're, uh, that the disciples are in right at this moment to teach them a lesson on faith and trusting God, that as Jesus came to them on the water, walking on the water, that uh, and when he, when he came into the boat, he said, Oh, ye of little faith, you know, uh, trust me, trust me. And one more example I want to bring is about Timothy. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 1 to 7. And uh, Timothy was a young pastor of the church in Ephesus. And I just want to turn to that scripture. 2 Timothy 1, 1 to 7. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. 
I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing, now just take note of these, these next two or three verses, without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So Paul is saying, I have been praying for you, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears. Timothy was going through a difficult time, a storm, if you will. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is thee in thee also. Wherefore, and this is Paul's instruction to Timothy, he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And another translation of a sound mind is a disciplined mind. But we have Timothy here as this young pastor who is struggling. He is finding it really difficult in the church at Ephesus. He's weeping. Paul sees his tears. And he says, uh, Kindle afresh the gift of God within you. He said, Timothy, God is, is uh, allowing you to go through this time as a time of teaching and training. But he said, now is the time for you to kindle afresh the gift of God within you. Light that, light that fire again. Perhaps Timothy was, was feeling overwhelmed feeling that he could not carry on, feeling that he, he was uh, unable to be the pastor that he had been called to be in Ephesus. And Paul is exhorting him. He says, you know, in the midst of this storm, and look at how he commends Timothy. He, he is expressing his, his love to Timothy. He's praying for him. And what an encouragement that in itself would be to Timothy to know that Paul was praying for him. And that sometimes in our lives we may feel cool. We may feel like we've, we've lost the fire that we once had in our experience with the Lord. And we we cool off in our relationship with him. But Paul is saying to Timothy, he says, stir that up, stir that up. And I'm so glad that there is a, there is a stirring up that can happen in our lives when we can become lethargic and uh, disappointed, disillusioned, uh, overwhelmed. We may face all of those those trials in our life, those storms in our life. 
and and Paul is is exhorting Timothy and he is exhorting us to not to let that fire become cold but to uh, stir up those coals and to have that fire moving within us that anointing of God you know I know that there's been different ministries that they have become discouraged and ministries can become discouraged and they go through trials but God is saying to us as well as Paul was saying to Timothy stir up stir up that flame within your heart Kindle afresh the gift of God within you. We do have the Spirit of God within us. If we're a believer, we have the Spirit of God within us. And we can be stirred up. We can uh, feel that, have a sense of that anointing in our life once more. Even if, even if perhaps it seems in, to you that it's been set on the shelf for a time that uh, it can be stirred up. It can be set on fire. Again, God can do that work. And this is what he is, he's, uh, what Paul is instructing Timothy. The Spirit of God stirs up, ignites that flame within us that changes our perspective. Perhaps we've once felt the Holy Spirit moving in our lives, and perhaps it's been suppressed but stir up that gift of God within you. Paul had been there. And as, as Paul is writing to Timothy, and uh, Timothy reads these words, he knows that Paul has experienced the very same things that he has experienced and more. When we read about Paul's experiences of of the persecution that he suffered and the, the trials that he suffered as he went about doing the ministry that God had called him to. Trials can come through our own sinfulness, but also trials can come simply because we are believers and our faith is being tested but Paul was writing on to Timothy in a time that Timothy was very, uh, was struggling. And what a difference it makes to receive that, those encouraging words. So we can learn lessons from the storm. Going back to this storm that the disciples are in on the, on the Sea of Galilee. One thing that I noticed, they didn't turn around. They could have said, this is too hard. I mean, Jesus had put them in the boat and had said, I want you to go to the other side. They may have said, this is, we're being foolish. We're out here in this storm. Let's turn around and go back to shore. But no, they were working away. They were uh, rowing 
they were doing everything they could to head in the direction that Jesus had told them to go. And so storms can teach us a lesson, teach us a lesson of being faithful, teach us a, a lesson that when things seem difficult, things seem hard, that we keep on keeping on. We work just like Paul said, putting those things uh I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, forgetting the things that are behind. If we focus on the things that are behind, sometimes we can become discouraged. But Paul said, I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. And may this be a word to each one that is listening, that we press on. We don't turn around. We don't give up. We hold steady in the storm. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, when I think of those two words, holding steady, I think of a, of a, a horse or a team of horses that have been pulling a heavy load or perhaps there is something that has come to, to uh, get their attention turned away from what, they are supposed to be doing from their task and you you speak to them and you say steady steady hold steady focus on jesus another thought a lesson to be learned from the storm was look for jesus in the storm when jesus came along they thought it was a ghost the disciples were afraid They hadn't been looking for Jesus. They weren't anticipating him out in the sea, walking on the water. They weren't looking for him. But when we're in the storm, maybe we need to look for Jesus. Look for Jesus in the storm. Hold steady. Focus on Jesus. Remember when uh, Peter uh, stepped out of the boat and... He began to walk on the water. And I can imagine that as he put his foot down and the water was secure under him, that that was an awesome experience for Peter. But it says when he took his eyes off of Jesus, his focus off of Jesus, that he began to sink. In Hebrews 10 and verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Also, that verse that I read in in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and and a disciplined mind. So hold steady. Focus on Jesus. And I think of the other disciples that were in the boat. And uh, it was Peter, only one, only Peter, got out of the boat to come to Jesus. I wonder if those other disciples thought to themselves afterwards, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I, why wasn't I willing to step out? And go to Jesus. So a lesson to be learned is don't be content 
to watch someone else get out of the boat. People facing adversity find it difficult to focus on anything other than the towering waves and driving winds. I wonder what is going on in your life. Are we overwhelmed by the storms of life? We can find stability in storms through what God has said in his word. And over this past year, perhaps you've had more time to actually read God's word, to draw close to him. But even if, even if uh, time seems to be hard to find in your life, Begin to read the word of God. Psalms 138, 7, it says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Also Isaiah 43, 2, and this is from the paraphrased. It says, When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And there are many, many, many scriptures in God's word that are comfort to us, encouragement to us to trust in the Lord. And then in verse, in 33, and I'm just about done, it says, uh, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. So here is something that they, a conclusion that they came to. And I believe that whatever storm that we may be facing, we may be going through, and you may not be going through one now, but you will go through one because storms come. Trials come. But through it all, can we be like those disciples that as they realized who Jesus was, says they came and they worshipped him. I believe that's so important for us to understand, regardless of the storm. There's, and there's lessons to be learned in the storm. But through it all, may we come and worship Jesus in our storm. Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time, and we realize that people go through storms and trials, difficulties. And I pray for every person that may be experiencing something even right now where they are really struggling. Lord, first of all, may they realize that they're not alone. They are not alone, that you are with them 
And you say that you are making intercession for us. And Father, may we, if you are, may we learn the lessons that you want us to learn through the storm. Help us, Lord, to look to you in the storm. To look for you. To realize that you are there. You are there. And may we worship you. May we acknowledge you as the Lord, the God of heaven, the Son of God. Father, I pray for every person that is listening to this message today, that they will have a desire in their heart to worship you and to look to you, to draw close to you. And if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, may they call upon you now to say, Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my heart and my life and make me your child. Help me to live for God. Father, I just bless each one. We thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you care, that you love us so incredibly. In Jesus' name. And now may the Holy Spirit just be with each one and encourage them this day, this week, this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Lord bless you, and uh, may you have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll keep you in touch with what is happening as far as services. As far as we know right now, we're still in an online service mode. So bless you, and God be with you. Amen.